Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. Happy New Year's from our friends over at Manscaped. The ball has officially dropped, but that does not mean that you have to drop the ball on your balls. It's time you bring sexy back in 2022 and step your game up with Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped to help them ring in the new year with the right tools for the job. Just go to manscaped.com and use the promo code ALLSTEALERS for 20% off plus free shipping. It's a new year, new you, and new you means no pubes. Donnie, Valentine's Day. We are four days away. I have ordered an extra pair of Manscaped boxers. I hope that they come here on time because I can't resist them. How are you feeling about your package? How are you feeling about your Manscaped? Feeling good ever since I got the 4.0 package. I've been feeling great. You know, what's funny is that we were actually talking off the podcast about how, like, legit soft the boxers actually were. And, like, I'm yeah. not surprised that you went and ordered another pair. I actually might cop another pair myself. How much were they? Do you remember? Uh, I think they're, like, 20 bucks, which, like, is expensive for boxers. But, like, yeah. it's not because crappy box- boxers I put a hole in in, like, a month. And then you have to buy more. These ones, that's what I'm saying. These ones yeah, I feel like yeah. are durable. They're soft. And like jockeys and stuff, dude, they hurt. Like I'm a fat dude. I get a little chunk going on. It's not, it's not the best time. It's time to ramp up your exercise and grooming routine this year for maximum gains. A six-pack is a great New Year's resolution, but how about a six-pack for your balls? The Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 contains six essential tools for the ultimate below-the-waist grooming routine. Inside the Performance Package 4.0, you'll find the Signature Lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer is designed to trim hair on loose skin. The advanced skin safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate nuts. And it also comes equipped with a 4000K LED spotlight that will shine a light to the promised land 2022 looks to be. It's also time to freshen up down there in the new year. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And for on-the-go freshness after you leave the gym, you'll love the Crop Reviver Ball Toner Spray. Start the new year with a fresh set of testes, thanks to Manscaped. Manscaped even threw in their shed travel bag to keep all your goodies stored comfortably. And speaking of comfort, the Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs are also included and will bring your boys down south to the next level. Manscaped also wants you to go beyond the groin this year with their new refined cologne, which offers a light yet masculine, pleasing fragrance. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code ALLSTEALERS at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code ALLSTEALERS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and just use the promo code ALLSTEALERS. Have no regrets this year with our friends at Manscaped. The marathon has continued to run over here in the studio, we're feeling good. I'm I'm gonna tell you, if we do not hit, I don't know. Appreciate you, uh, good old Kate Silver. I'm pretty sure that's a bot. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, hey, look at I got the little, I got the eyes, man. Uh, you might be a bot, but she's looking my way. Um, Manscaped, we for the seven hour long ad reads that we do here. And for how legit this stuff is, like, I mean, I made a TikTok about it. We have like five more promo codes that we have to sell in the next 10 days, seven days until the 17th. 
So uh, shout out you guys. If you could, uh, you know, help us out a little bit, we'd truly appreciate that. If not, if you're manscaped out, you're manscaped out. We still love you. We still appreciate you being here. Donnie. Yes, sir. I have two announcements. One, the Pittsburgh Steelers have a new defensive coordinator who is still in-house. Terrell Austin officially promoted as of yesterday, I believe. Um, personally think it's a good move, but we'll dive into that. Two, we are operating this entire podcast under one assumption. And that assumption is not even an assumption. It's a guarantee. It is a written fact. And if it is not a written fact by the end of the night, well, if Pittsburgh riots, we can't even blame them. TJ Watt in this podcast today is the defensive player of the year. I will not talk about if he will be the defensive player of the year. I will not talk about what if he's not the defensive player of the year on this podcast, on all Steelers talk. He is the defensive player of the year, and we will operate as so moving forward. I just spoke for like five minutes. How you doing, my friend? I'm good. Uh, life really can't be better. Um, it's very hot out here right now. It's 81 degrees. Shut up. Stop uh, talking so about how short, warm it is. Shorts I'm, in, I'm pouring. I'm freezing cold. It was like 45 degrees yesterday. I was in shorts all day. It was beautiful. Walked around in Crocs, no socks. <laughs> At 81 degrees, um, I have a golden retriever underneath my feet right now. So I'm really hoping Homeboy doesn't just get up and jet in the middle of the podcast. Uh, yeah, but you know what? If, if TJ Watt wins defensive player of the year tonight, I'll probably be doing laps around my apartment. Doing you know, we've just we, this la that lasted five seconds before you said if TJ Watt wins defensive player of the year. I'm not accepting it. Okay, listen. Okay, when he does, when he, when he does, I'll go you. out. I'll get my I'll get my signed TJ Watt jersey, and I'll just appreciate the value that just skyrocketed. In <laughs> Oh yeah, not selling that bad boy. I like that. But to say maybe maybe if we get to like ten thousand subscribers by tomorrow, we'll we'll, uh, we'll raffle it off. How about that? If we get ten thousand by subscribers by tomorrow, we'll raffle out a lot more than a TJ Watchers. <laughs> let me tell you that. Let me tell you that. Kate over here, she's got a date with both of us. If we hit ten thousand subscribers yeah. by tomorrow oh, yeah. morning, let me tell you. Um. Other finalists that, you know, TJ Watt has beat out because we are we're operating. He did it. Miles mm -hmm. Garrett, Aaron Donald, mm -hmm. Micah Parson. It, it feels as if every one of those at one point this season had the upper hand. TJ, for whatever reason you want to say, whether it was the injuries, whether it was the games where he left before halftime and people were like, well, you know, there were all the Green Bay, man. What about Green Bay? He didn't play in Green Bay. Um what made him – how did it – it's a tough question. Like, if this was a normal year, and by a normal year I mean last year or the year before that where it wasn't a record-setting year for T.J. Watt, it would be pretty safe to assume that for some reason or another the NFL would find a way to not give him the award. Mm -hmm. The sack is that the only thing that sets it apart, or is this year T.J. just like a little bit different? I, I think it's a little bit of both. I think T.J. Watt hit a – brand new level of football that we haven't seen from him. Uh, mind you, right after getting paid the bag, where players the bag. sometimes tend to drop off in terms of their play and production. TJ Watt said, nah, I'm here. Shot up his production. Um, and then, like, how how can you not give somebody defensive player of the year when they tie the single season sack record? In 15 games. Arg arguably could have broke it, depending on your interpretation of said play, where he could have got it. Yeah, true. 
while missing two games. And granted, they did have the extra game onto the regular season. But you know what? With TJ Watt missing a total of two, brings it back down to one. Boom. Math. Community college dropout. I win. Um, Boom. So, like like you said earlier, Miles Garrett, there was a stretch where everybody had thought he was going to win it. Um, Aaron Donald, every week of every season, deservedly so, by the way, deserves to be in these conversations for Defensive Player of the Year. They might rename the award after him whenever it's all said and done. Who knows? Uh, Micah Parsons is very well on his way to becoming one of the best defensive players in the league. Um, so, you know, there's a time period where it wouldn't have shocked me, you know, if he was a front runner for it. But man, like, like this award, especially after the last two years where you could make really strong arguments that TJ Watt was essentially robbed of, of the play. We, we could be talking about the fourth player ever in NFL history behind Lawrence Taylor, Aaron Donald and brother JJ Watt to win the NFL's Defensive Player of the Year award three times. And I believe he would have been the only player to win it back to back to back. But you know what? Like Mike Tomlin already says, standard is a standard. We don't live in hypotheticals. TJ Watt did not win it in years past, but 2021 is a different story. I agree. And I think that it kind of all calmed down. Like year one, it was, well, Stefan Gilmore made every play. He was the best cornerback. Like, like it's a passing league. Blah, blah, blah. Year two was, well, it's Aaron Donald still. Aaron Donald's still the best player in the NFL. And for some reason, that just overruled everybody. And then year three rolled around, and everybody was just like, all right, well, you know, TJ's not healthy. He's not playing. This. And everybody was just like, shut up. Stop talking. Watch him on the football field. Watch what he does every single time. Because I think that was it. I think for three years, TJ Watt and the Pittsburgh Steelers were, the T- were TJ Watt and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I get that there are Steelers fans all across this globe and there are probably more Steelers fans than any other football team fan base out there. But when it comes to football, when it comes to who's watching who on Sundays, people outside of Steelers nation are not turning on a Steelers team. That's just for one half of the NFL hates Steelers, hates the Steelers. You ask Cowboy fans, Eagles fans. I mean, my dad's a Broncos fan. Dude hates Steelers, hates the Steelers, hates the Steelers fan base, hates me most of the time. Like, (laughs) That's just how it is. So if you're not a Steelers fan, you're not watching a Steelers game, and that takes away. Whereas in the Rams, universally just, eh, nobody really cares, but we'll watch them. Aaron Donald is who he is. The New England Patriots, it was still Tom Brady's year, so obviously everybody's watching the New England Patriots. And this year, finally, maybe it was Ben's last run. Maybe it was the fact that, you know, he did set the record. But you just couldn't take your eyes off TJ Watt. And anybody who tried to argue well just kind of got shut down as just in like, no, please just go watch. And I think that was needed for three years. I think this is good that it happened this year. Is this the beginning of many? Like back to back to back could have been. Is it too late now to say, well, back to back to back could be? I don't want to say too late uh, because there's a, I don't want to say very good chance. There's a small chance that TJ Watt could again hit this record number next year. Um, I mean, there's no signs of him slowing down. And that's assuming that he doesn't miss two games next year and he plays a full slate of regular season games. So uh, that's Plus a scary two thought. games that he left before halftime. Yeah. Seem and, to get over you know, that's, that's a scary thought uh, just in terms of what he might, what he might be able to do. Um, because there was like a lot of people that were kind of weary whenever Bud Dupree left, where it's like, okay, well, like, you know, can Alex Highsmith kind of fill that role? I feel like nothing changed in terms of how teams approach TJ Watt. And I feel like nothing changed in terms of how TJ Watt was successfully able to get to the quarterback time and time again. 
Um, really, the only argument I've like heard against them, and it's like a super weak argument, is he takes a long time to get to the quarterback, whereas like his like time to like pass or whatever like advanced stat that is, um, it's probably guys like oh. Miles Garrett, guys like Aaron Donald, and probably guys like Michael Parsons, who's very good as an edge rusher as well. But who cares, bro? Like he's getting to the quarterback, he's getting a ton of pressures. The Steelers still drop him back in the coverage. Dude bats every ball known the man. Like he he True. forces turnovers. Like he is an absolute menace. And he, he's paid. He's absolutely locked down. He doesn't have to worry about trying to go and get the bag. Like he, he is healthy for the most part. He is the best defensive player in the league. And we're gonna find that out officially tonight. And there, like I said, there's just no signs of him slowing down. No, there's uh, like literally zero signs of him slowing down. And I think what's the best part about the Pittsburgh Steelers is that they do not have a quarterback contract and they're not going to have a quarterback contract for the next four to five years, which means for the next four to five years. And this is who the Steelers are. They'll pay Deontay Johnson $15 million a year. Nothing. They'll uh, they'll probably re-sign Pat Fryermuth when that comes around. But even so, that's not a ton of money. That Minka is another one. Besides that, Cam at some point will likely, but he's his is going to be a team-friendly deal if he continues to play. And then they just have so much extra cap space to just say, yeah, we have to rebuild the offensive line. We also have to just completely dominate on defense because that's how we're going to win for the next three years, which means that you're probably at some point in this offseason going to find a defensive end to possibly replace Stefan to it if you don't feel comfortable in him coming back. Yeah. You're also probably going to find somebody that you feel comfortable with playing alongside Tyson if you believe Tyson is coming back. If not, easily somebody to replace him. Chances are a new inside linebacker finds their way to Pittsburgh. Chances are a pretty high-end cornerback, wherever you find that, finds his way to Pittsburgh, along with possibly Akello Witherspoon coming back. And then you go get a safety if you're not bringing – Terrell Edmonds back. That's a great, that's a whole new defense. That's a whole new defense with a lot of upside, a lot, lot of upside. And you can say whatever you want when, when TJ plays best, Joe Hayden and everybody else isn't letting nobody get to the quarterback. Cause that, that completely erases the whole, well, it takes a long time to get to the quarterback. Did you find that on PFF by the way? No, no, I didn't. I, I had a personal friend bring that up to me and I'm like, really? And then he, uh, he showed me a couple like of other tweets of people talking about it. And just like, there's, there's no way a human being watches him play and says he takes too long to get to the quarterback. Yeah. Um, Nick's got a good question. Do you think we expect a Minka deal this off season? I think these answers. Yes. But what do you, how do you expect that process to go? Uh, I, I don't really know. I, I would definitely expect him to get a deal done before a guy like Deontay Johnson gets his extension. Uh, you definitely want to yeah. make sure that Minka Fitzpatrick is playing center fielder for you for the long haul here in Pittsburgh. Um, what those numbers are going to look like, I'm not quite sure. I don't think like re-signing Minka is going to like break the bank kind of like TJ did, but like those are two different scenarios. Um, financially, I'm, I'm unsure what to expect, but I definitely do expect Minka or at least those conversations to have had happened at some point throughout the offseason. Yeah, I think that it gets done. I think that Deontay's deal is one that goes right up until the deadline. I think Minka's deal is one that gets done relatively early like I, I think that especially because talking to Minka this year he he mentioned a couple of times like I, I paid as much attention as possible to TJ and the Steelers negotiating a deal so now he understands I also think the Steelers understand and they're like well 
Minky and TJ say what you want, but they are the two most intelligent people on a football field. And they're also probably the two hardest working people on a football field with Cam Hayward being like number three. And all three of those guys deserve to be paid. The Steelers probably have zero worry that they're going to fall all off. I think the bigger worry would be Minka, do you want Terrell Edmonds back or do you want us to take a shot on another safety? And I still think chances are Minka says, yo, bring Terrell Ed- Edmonds back. A nice three to four million dollars a year deal. I'd be cool with that. Right off into the you know what I'm saying? The, right off. You could say whatever you want. Terrell Edmonds is a good safety, plays very well in the role that he's needed. And uh Terrell Terrell Austin taken defensive coordinator, you could expect the defense to focus a lot more in improving the back end, which also improves the front end, which could mean that Terrell Edmonds plays a role that doesn't leave him on guys that he is unable to cover. And from for the most part, he, God's ears, bro. That's what I'm saying. For the most part, when he was on a guy that he could cover, he played well. I mean, he even played well on Travis Kelsey for time to time in the playoff game. And you ask him to do too much, he's not going to do too much. But that's a lot of strong safeties in the NFL. That's just the way that they operate. So, yeah, I would expect to make a deal to get done. Um, also expect TJ Watt to continue to dominate Terrell Austin as the defensive coordinator. Do you expect him to dominate? How do you feel about the move? Uh, we expected it, right? I mean, we yeah. all kind of knew what was coming. Um, we can appreciate the Steelers doing their due diligence and kind of, you know, seeking other options outside of, you know, their own organization, which, you know, they almost kind of have to with, you know, with how the NFL structures the hiring process. Uh, but again, like it never hurts, you know. Uh, at the end of the day, I mean, Terrell Austin was the guy from day one. You know, he was the heir apparent whenever, you know, Keith Butler was still in charge. So uh, I feel like Austin has a pretty good grip and idea of the personnel that he's working with. And something we've touched on here in the show is his, the, the, more than anything, you're excited about his ability to improve the secondary, which is something that's been much needed for the Steelers in the last couple of years, especially with the drop in talent that, you know, has been seen last year. And then what is expected moving forward with Joe Hayden departing. Um, I don't think we'll see like any night and day differences, between you know what we saw last year and what we saw this year especially if Mike Tomlin continues to call the defensive plays that's actually something I've been wondering about um you know whether or not Terrell Austin took that role knowing that Tomlin would still kind of have his his like grip and handle on the Steelers defense especially in like pivotal moments where you know Tomlin is going to be on the headset radioing whatever call he wants down to the guy with the green dot um but you know it's a good hire I, I can't say I dislike it um, I, I can't say I love it at the same time. This is one of those things for me to where I'm just going to have to see, but I feel like they could have done a, a lot worse. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. They definitely could have done a lot worse. Um, two things. One, when it comes to the play calling, I, this is still going to be Mike T's defense, and I don't think any of that's going to change. I think he was made pretty aware of that coming into the situation, but I also think that Austin is a dude who, no matter where he went, if he – does if he did end up on another team as a defensive coordinator, I think it would have been a team where that power is still limited. I don't want to say it's gone because I don't think it's gone with Mike Tomlin, but I think it is limited. And I do think that Tomlin will open it up a little bit and say, Hey, well, you know, we will let you operate a defense, but I still see Tomlin making every call that he could possibly make that. Now that being said, that does not mean that people take that so literally like, Tomlin is the guy calling every single play into the green dot. That is not that that is that is not the case. It is Terrell Austin will be calling those 
plays in. Tomlin's game plan, though, will be the one in, in place. And in pivotal moments, Tomlin will be looking Austin right in the eyes and say, hey, this is what you're going to call right now, and then he's going to call it. That's how that's going to work. It's not like Terrell Austin's just standing there doing nothing. You know, he's operating his defense under Mike Tomlin's game plan, which is, you know, still – there's still contribution there. Um, two – when it comes to the hire, I think the biggest thing that people are are shouting about is, oh, it's in-house. It's another in-house. It's another in-house. And then you got the people that are like, oh, well, you know, Mike Tomlin is going to run the defense no matter what. Sometimes in-house moves are the best moves because when you look at the board and who was available, it wasn't better than Terrell Austin. It wasn't better than a guy who has developed guys like Terrell Edmonds. Guys like Trey Norwood, say what you want. That's a fantastic rookie season for a seventh-round pick. Minka Fitzpatrick, Cam Sutton is another name that comes to mind. I mean, you could go Arthur Millette had a pretty decent year at a slot cornerback position after basically being a nobody coming into camp. Joe Hayden continued to ball out. Akello Witherspoon finally took off in the NFL when he showed up in Pittsburgh. I just think that there's a lot of positives that you could put to Terrell Austin's. I, I I just, I don't think that at any point I thought, man, this is a bad move. And I think that moving forward, it's a great move. And I think it keeps everybody happy. You know, people love him. Why not? Yeah. And one thing you have to remember too, is that Mike Tomlin and like the entire Steelers organization too, is very big on just keeping fluidity of things. Uh, you know, making sure like at least structurally, nothing is rattled like too significantly and no, not that like in-house hires are just going to be the staple moving forward, but obviously, you know, following the Steelers for a very long time, you kind of understand that's sort of the way that they do business. Um, it it kind of helps just, you know, keep everything moving and flowing like it should be, as opposed to a brand new guy coming in, having to learn everything from like his new personnel to the, the facility, how to get along with the coaching staff and management, like all that other stuff that, you know, happens behind the scenes you no longer have to worry about that because you already have a guy who's been with the team for a couple of years now, but is also sort of new enough to understand, Hey, here's how we did things from an outsider's perspective. Now that, you know, I, I've worked with you guys for a couple of years now. I understand you. Let's see if we can find kind of like a perfect happy balance. Yeah, I agree. Great move. I think that moving forward, we'll see a lot of success. I think it was the right move. Um, Nick apparently did not watch Tuesday's show because the guy wants to know what our <laughs> thoughts are on the wide receiver coaching change. Good old Frisman Jackson coming in here. Nick, go back. No, we'll tell you again. We love you. We appreciate you. Um, I think it was a good move. I think you agree that it was a good move. Guy comes from a DJ Moore background, which I like. He spent like 20 years, all 14, 15 years coaching wide receivers at both the college and the NFL level. So I like that. I also think that I kill your, when you have a guy like Chase Claypool, who's having a bad sophomore season, it's not a good move. On the other end of that, Ray Ray McLeod balled out for a guy who should not have balled out, and I'm going to put yep. that on Ike Hilliard. So I'm a little torn in that department. I don't think that they downgraded in the matter. Yeah, I don't think they downgraded either. Uh, for me, this moves kind of – we'll see. Um, you know, I, mm-hmm. I understood why they wanted to make the move because the Steelers receivers for uh, bits and pieces of the season, it, it always felt like there was always one guy kind of struggling – as opposed to everybody, you know, getting better as the the games kind of progress, and ultimately, who's the first person to blame? It's going to be the position coach, and that's kind of just how it is at the next level. So, uh, granted, 
I killed was not solely responsible for Deontay's drops at the end of the year, nor Chase Claypool, you know, taking time off of the clock against the Minnesota Vikings or any of his other antics or Juju being hurt or whatever you might want to call it. All of the Steelers' shortcomings, at least in the passing game, were not solely reflective on him. But on the other side of the token, I don't think Ike Hilliard was kind of um, improving the receivers like Mike Tomlin, like the rest of the organization would have liked to see. And that's probably something that could have paid dividends, uh, you know, over the course of time, you know, had that actually happened. Yeah. Um, Aiden, I don't know where these reports are coming from. I don't know if they're more reports or hypotheticals. I could tell you as somebody with um, uh, somebody who has some but, pretty decent no, sources. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to be that guy. But somebody with some pretty decent sources within the Steelers organization and how they operate, and with Chase Claypool. Um, I've had sources around Chase Claypool for a long time, actually. Now, um, not not Ooh. on the trading block. Nowhere, not, not on the trading block. Steelers like the potential. He's only entering his third year. I could see if he had another bad season next season, he's possibly on the trading block. Um, I will tell you, you know, it's his attitude is definitely something that gets under the Steelers' skin, needs to improve. I think that he's somebody that could work at that, but the Steelers are not looking to move on from him right now. I think that they have an assumption that Juju Smith-Schuster is not going to come back. Um and they need to keep as many wide receiver pieces together as possible. Deontay and Chase are kind of the, the – did the dog take off, Andre? Were you sitting on the dog, Donnie? What are we doing? We poor Donnie's mom's house here? Donnie's not in his basement or in his uh, living room in northern Phoenix, Arizona. He's at his mom's mansion or something um, in the dark now. Yeah, the, uh, uh, are the mansions just got home, actually. So, Unsuspecting. <laughs> Phenomenal. Bro, my, my Donnie's in here. For, my, since I woke up, my timing today cannot have been more piss poor. Hey, why don't you do us a little bit of a favor and stop, wait, stop waiting for the ghost to show up in the camera, turn a, a light on? That would be step one. <laughs> um, Donnie's over here throwing. Oh, we're going with it. We're going with it. <laughs> have to. Um, Donnie showed us a whole thing. For those who don't remember, though, like <laughs> looking oh, at man. this, um, this is this Throwback. is this is the OG. I was gonna say this yeah. is the original standing with the door. Like for some reason, I you're back. I get tired by the end of these 45 minute episodes. Standing in what room is this? Where are we at right now? Is this like the Donnie podcast uh, so room? This is no, no. This is the uh, the guest room. So why don't you sit like on the a, bed? A, a wild. A, <laughs> is that a basketball <laughs> yeah it's a phoenix on now stand back up it's better when you stand back up no, is it? <laughs> all right i like the thing in the back i will say um the little woman on the wall there a little spooky buddha um yeah the buddha the buddha i got a quick glance on it i like it appreciate the house star <laughs> appreciate the house star this is nice um, for those of you who didn't know, you know, this is what Donnie's mom's house looks like. It's nice. Uh, Donnie, let's talk about some Super Bowl here. The Cincinnati Bengals, Steelers fans, a little upset about it. I will tell everybody, I'll be super honest right now. TJ Watt's gonna win defensive player of the year. Excuse me, TJ Watt is the defensive player of the year. And when that bet that I made before the season cashes out on TJ Watt claiming his title as Defensive Player of the Year. All the winnings of that bet will be placed on the Cincinnati Bengals because I'm heavy Joe Burrow in the Super Bowl. 
People are going to hate me Joe for it. Shiesty, it is yeah. what it is. They, 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 I don't care, man. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to tell everybody how it is. If you got, if you're thinking about who to put money on in the Super Bowl, Joey B is my guy. I want to talk about the quarterback. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. No, uh, I, I, I was just going to say, which uh, kind of ties into uh, what you're going to bring up. Um, I, bro, I just can't root for the Bengals. I cannot root for the Bengals, bro. A lot of people can't. Like, I think is it is Joey, it like the fans? Joey's fun to watch. Jamar is a stud. Um, but I, I just I can't root for it. If they win, whatever. Like I'm not like super pissed off and crying into like a terrible towel at night. But I mean, I, I hope they lose. Okay, I will say. Okay, so and in the comments, I'm seeing the the Stafford deserves a ring. I will say that. I would love Aaron Donald to get a ring. I think he deserves it. I think Matthew Stafford deserves a ring. Uh, I, I, it would be a shame if he didn't. That being said, a lot of people are like, Hall of Fame career Matt Stafford. Hold the horses here. Pump the brakes a little bit. But we've got to talk about that one a little bit. Yeah, that one has to go a little bit deeper than, oh, you want a Super Bowl ring? Put him in the Hall of Fame. Like, relax. Yeah. Um, would love to see Cooper Cup get a ring. I love Cooper Cup. I think OBJ, you know, it's like a name that I'm like, okay, if he gets a ring, not upset about it. Not a huge fan of OBJ, but I think that talent deserves success, and I think OBJ is very talented. Um, Von Miller, love Von Miller, and Jalen Ramsey definitely 100% deserves a ring. So there are guys. That being said, Joey B, baby. How pissed do you think people are going to be whenever Mike Hilton wins the Super Bowl ring the year after leaving the Steelers? Dude, and that's, that's my biggest reason. It, Joey B, I could say whatever I want about Joey B. My biggest reason that I want the Cincinnati Bengals to win a Super Bowl is because I want Mike Hilton to win a Super Bowl. Nobody in my time in Pittsburgh has been nicer to me, has been a friendlier face, has welcomed me into the media room more than Mike Hilton. From day one, that dude dabbed me up, gave me a hug, and said welcome even and talked to me every single day. Kaboli didn't talk to me for like six months. Zach Banner told me I dropped my pocket <laughs> 10 seconds after I walked into the, the locker room and I fell for it. Um, and Vince Williams, I'm pretty sure, tried to eat me at one point. It was terrifying. Um, Duck Hodges, too. He was super cool. But, like, I think me and him kind of had, had the same understanding. Like, yeah, we know Buddy in here. We yeah. we are the bottom of the door. One of us. Yeah. 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 And it, if, we're being, if we're being truthful, next season I'm going to be more important than you. So I think he was like, okay. We'll be cool. Uh, but Mike Hilton, man. Love Mike Hilton. I think he does deserve a ring. Um, there's not really anybody else on that team that I'm just like, go get a Super Bowl ring. I just – but I also – I think that that's this is the last opportunity for a lot of these guys because sorry, but the Bengals are still Bengals, man. And I don't think that this is a franchise in the making. I don't know, bro. They have all the right pieces to go. Uh, most importantly, a franchise quarterback who looks like he's going to be one of the best passers in the league for a very long time. Um, you know, he, he's got an established to the number one weapon. They have a pretty good defense. Um, obviously, the, their offensive line can use a little bit of work, but it's what free agency in the draft was for. So, you know, I feel like um, their front office has done a really good job of putting the right pieces uh, together in order for them to make this run. Can they probably pull this off again? I'm not quite sure because, you know, th they did. I don't want to say limp. Um, they did squeeze by, uh, you know, quite a bit in their playoff games to get to this point. But you know what? They're still here. You know, 30 other teams are sitting on the couch eating Doritos, watching them play on Super Bowl Sunday, and they're here. You know what? Good teams find a way to win close games. So, you know, as far yeah. as I'm concerned, yeah, I feel like the, the Bengals are a very good football team, and whether or not they continue it into the future, who knows? Because, you know, the, the Bengals are pretty much the team that the Browns were supposed to be this year, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. That I mean, but that's the difference between a quarterback, which is a good way to transition into this. There's a difference between Baker Mayfield and Joe Burrow. A huge, humongous difference oh, yeah. in a billion yep. different ways. But when it comes to Joey Burrow and Matthew Stafford, two totally opposite ends of the spectrum here. The young buck versus the guy who might be on his last shot to get it. Uh, to me, that's a ton more pressure to say Matthew Stafford go win a Super Bowl than Joey Burrow, who's just like, dude, I'm in the second year, second year, second year of the NFL. Yeah, I don't care, man. I lose a Super Bowl, I'll go to four more of them. Matthew Stafford's like, I might retire if I win this game. Is that <laughs> insufferable pressure? Like, you know, does that take down any confidence um, that you have in Matt Stafford? No, but I would definitely agree with you that there is more pressure on Stafford. I mean, Joe Burrow looks like he's going to be around for the long haul, and you know, I, I, I yeah. like, I just pictured like Burrow with his like full uniform on. Like just like dusting off this like big cigar before he goes and like walks into the field. <laughs> you know, you know, like the old time quarterbacks you see where it's like them at halftime to like smoke a cigarette with like three empty beer cans around like their feet, you know? It's like yeah, basically yeah. Joe Burrow is, is like a modern name <laughs> guy. He's got plenty of time for the future. Matt Stafford, especially with how the Rams are set up to where like all of their chips are in the middle of the table. They have no future whatsoever. Like all their draft picks are gone. They can't retain a lot of the guys they, you know, they brought in whether it be through the draft or not draft, but trade or free agency like throughout the year. Their salary cap is effed. Um, this is the year they have to like make a big push for it. And honestly, man, like if they don't win the Super Bowl, it's going to be a flop. It's going to be a flop because I don't know if they can get back. That's what I'm saying. And that's so much pressure, not even not just on Matthew Stafford, but on Sean McVay and on that entire Rams team because you don't think Aaron Donald, which – you know, I don't think Aaron Donald even knows what pressure is. The dude works out with knives just to train. Like, if, if you would tell me, you oh, go win a Super Bowl or work out with knives, I'm going to go win a Super Bowl before I work out with knives. Um, Aaron Donald, I don't believe, has that pressure. But I think a lot of guys on this Rams team who have been around for the last Super Bowl are looking at this like, dude, we've already been here. Like, and we lost one already. Now we have the pieces. This might be our last shot. And people can say whatever you want. Like, Aaron Donald's 28. Eight years old, I believe. Like, he's got five years left in him, and in those five years, you can't say that the Rams are going to be this good ever again. So it's a lot of pressure on a lot of these guys, and I just don't. I think on the opposite end of that, like the Bengals are literally operating off their first year of success in ten years, and they're just like, yeah, well, this is cool, man. Let's hope that this continues. But like, chances are it's gonna. And I just think I don't know. To to me, it that puts way too high of a standard on the Rams. And I think that that just, at some point you're going to no, choke. I, see, I, 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 I would agree it. too on the basis that Sean McVay and company, they've already been to a Super Bowl and they didn't yeah. win it. If, if you go 0 for 2 in the big game, there's a lot of talk around you, you know, surrounding you and talking about how you, you just can't win the big one. And, you know, yep. how many times are teams and coaches able to get back to the Super Bowl for a third game? It's yep. super rare, man. Super duper rare. So, dude, yeah, people I, I hate Mike Tomlin and say, "Oh, well, he's one and one in the Super Bowl." What? He won a Super Bowl, and people are like, "Yeah, well, he lost one too." You, if you lose two of them, you're you're done. You already you have that asterisk on you forever. I don't know if people are old enough to remember Mark, Marty Schottenheimer, but like that yeah, dude brought. Yeah. I remember I was just getting into football. I was a big Ladanian Tomlinson fan. This dude brought the Chargers like as far as they could possibly. 
possibly go every single year, lost in the playoffs, got fired after like a 13 and three season where they were the number one seed or something because he just couldn't win. He, he couldn't win once the games mattered. And that's, that is a huge, huge advantage or uh, disadvantage for Sean McVay because he's going to be thinking about that the entire time. Now, the spread is a totally different thing. And let me tell you, for the first time, for the last time this season, I, um, Brian's out here with some good ones. Yeah. Brian's out here with some good ones. <laughs> we see you. We see you. Um, for the last time this season, I'm going to pick a game. I'm excited. I've already told everybody I'm putting all my money on the Bengals, and I'm going to put too much money on the Bengals. You tried to advise me before the show to not put as much money as I'm going to. I'm still going to do it. Either way, the Rams, four-point favorites at home in the Super Bowl. Uh, you could say what you want. I, you can't say this is a home game or you're going to have home fans because the lowest ticket price was like 2500 bucks, and that's just not happening. Um, do you think that factors in? And then how are you feeling about the uh, Rams' four-point favorites? Um, so Fan Nation actually interviewed uh, Darren Robel, uh, the business insider for the Action Network, and he was talking about how um, only like 11 – no, 11% of people from Ohio have only bought tickets – and something like 20 to 25% of like the last 48 hours of ticket sales have come from people within California. Um, so he, he's expecting like a really big like Rams push like down the street yes. to get a bunch of like Yikes. Rams fans like into the stadium. So uh, it sounds like obviously if anything, since it's being held at SoFi in Los Angeles where the Rams play, it, no, the Rams should have home field advantage whether or not that like plays into anything. I'm not quite sure. I don't think overall at the end of the day, it's going to like matter very much. Uh, just whatever talking like in terms of the spread though, like Bengals plus four looks really good. Like the, the Bengals Real really good. might win this game outright. And at worst, if you can get them plus four, I feel like it's a really solid bet. Granted, I've been absolute garbage, you know, picking spreads on this show. Uh, just like George, George, shout out to you and me, man. Go start a club. Uh, so I'm taking Bengals plus four here. I still do think the Rams win though. Um, okay. I like that. Let me ask this before I, I tell you how I'm feeling here. Um, which everybody knows how I'm feeling already. Do you think that if a Super Bowl, I know that this is impossible to do, so it's, it's not realistic that it could happen, but do you, do you think that if a team like the Rams makes the Super Bowl, that they should change the venue? No, like nobody should be playing at home in the Super Bowl. No, I, I, I was actually, I was thinking about this the other day. I think if anything that would incentivize, um, more teams to try to like do well or do better whenever they are the host team. Um, just yeah, because, but like if, at if, the same if, time, if you're, like good. If you're the Steelers, you never have that advantage. They they would never in a million years host a. a su- it's ten degrees outside. They're not hosting a okay, Super Bowl, but here. like, but like for example, like Buffalo, they're they're trying to get a new stadium, right? Are they going to shell out fifty million more dollars just to get an enclosed roof so they could potentially host the Super Bowl here soon? Maybe, but even so, Buffalo February's got to be. Yeah, I I guess that's true. I mean, they did host it at the Jets one year. The Steelers hosted it in Indianapolis a couple years ago too. True, but they should still never. I kind of like this idea. Uh, They should still like the Steelers would never in a million years. Rooney would never put a dome in on the North Shore. The view from Heinz Field is half of the reason you go there. Right. So I mean. 
it incentivizes, I get it, but the owners are the ones making that decision. And Art Rooney's in that meeting going, that's stupid. I'm not going to put a dome on my stadium so that we could host the Super Bowl. Like, this is my stadium. So I don't know. Like, I, I get the argument. It's just, to me, it's just like, it does exclude a lot of the traditional but, like, teams. Also at the, in the same NFL. time, no, I get it, but it's not like teams are like, oh, like the Super Bowl is being held in Glendale this year. You know, let, let's pack our bags and make sure we put up an extra fight to go to Glendale, Arizona, you know, in the first couple weeks of February. Like, yeah, yeah. I get it. I do get it. I do understand it. I do understand it. And again, I don't, it can't happen. You know what I mean? But I do, I do think that there's an argument to be made there. Will, I don't think I'd win it. I just think that there's an argument to be no, made. No, there is. But it, like, you have to remember before the last two years where we've seen back to back home teams make it to the Super Bowl, this never happened. This literally never happened. Yeah, happen. but now two it did twice. Two, two out of 56 years. Like the, the NFL. Yeah, well, trend starts somewhere. What if it happens again next year? Well, well I'm just saying, not, three years the, in a row are, at some point. The Cardinals are not going to make the Super Bowl next year, so you don't have to worry about that. I mean, Kyler Murray might just come back. He's about to get $50 million. So you were saying he's going to go to the Steelers one Tuesday. Yeah, right? and then they and then I saw that he's going to get $50 million. And I was like, <laughs> well, that's not going to happen. So I tried, but it was it was a lack of effort. All right. My pick. Bengals plus four dogs. I love it. I love it so much. I love it so, 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 so much. I feel real good about the Bengals money line. Like I feel so good about Joe Joe Burrow coming in here, smoking a big fat stogie, throwing it in the trash and saying, I got four after we just go and win this MFR. Goes out into the field, finds Jamar Chase 10 times, two touchdowns. Joe Mitchell. Says you guys all think I suck. Yeah, I'm pretty mediocre, but I'm gonna have a decent game. And then that defense falls out just enough, just enough. I think Cup is gonna absolutely destroy anybody who plays him, including Mike Hilton. So that's terrifying. But I just think that the Bengals are just real cool. They follow that Joe Joey cool atmosphere, and um, I just feel real good about it. I go, I I take the Bengals money line. If you're not feeling confident in the Bengals money line, I'd take them plus four. Do you have a final score prediction here? Last oh, NFL game that we will bet on for a long time. You didn't even let me finish talking. 34, 34th. 30. That's that's a good one. That is a good one. 34-31 Rams? Yeah, yeah. So that way the Rams still win, but the Bengals still cover the plus four. Okay, okay. Um, I do think it's a field goal game. I do think it's a field goal game. I kind of like that score, but reversed. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. Oh man, it's tough to say because like it's tough to say like Aaron Donald's gonna let a team score 42 points, but like it could really happen. It really could happen. It's um, Joe Burrow, bro. and I think this it's Joe Burrow, and it's Matthew Stafford. Like if the Rams are gonna win, they're gonna put up a hundred points. I I would say I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 42 38 Bengals. High scoring game. People are loving it. Um, my bad, Brian. Sorry. Can't do it. Um, you think, just answering a couple of them, you think Chase will have as many yards on Ramsey? I do. I definitely do. I think that would be a hell of a matchup, but I think Chase gets at least one, at least one big one. He's just too, he's just very, very good. 42 38. I'm feeling real good about it. You're feeling real good about the Rams. 
my mood on Tuesday will be one of two ways. I will either be crying and I, I, I will look terrible. Valentine's Day will be totally ruined. I apologize to my girlfriend now. Or I'll be super happy and taking hella heat from everybody on here because everyone hates me because I just want a bunch of money betting on the Cincinnati Bengals. Go Joey Cool. We appreciate you. Subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Talk. Make sure you check out, out your favorite podcast host, excuse me, on Twitter, at Nostrack, at Donnie Drew. We have to use five more codes on manscaped.com. That's all Steelers. You get 20% off plus free shipping. You go buy a pair of boxes, dude. They're the best boxes in the world. We need five more, and we appreciate every single one of you. I will be back tomorrow with Friday with Derek the Kid. Me and Donnie will be back on Tuesday. Enjoy the Super Bowl. We'll see you.